Hello, friend. Welcome back to another episode. If you are new here, hi. I'm so excited to get to know you and just know that this is such a safe space where you're going to learn and feel empowered and grow and step into your power. And if you have been an OG, if you have been listening to this show for a while, welcome back. Giving you a big hug. I love you tons. So today's episode is actually going to be a really powerful freaking conversation with my friend Annabelle and it's all about relationships. I have been in a relationship now for three and a half years and holy shit have relationships taught me the most. Um, My relationship has been such a powerful space for me to do such deep healing um, specifically around owning my voice, speaking up for my needs, setting boundaries, speaking my truth, trusting myself. Um, And that is really what we dive into today. And so if you are in a relationship or if you are wanting to be in a healthy relationship, this episode and the conversation we have is just like, I wish that I had this conversation like made available to me like three to four years ago like it just would have created so much clarity and understanding for how to show up in a relationship I think that we are taught from a very 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 young age what a relationship should look like and typically that model is not from a conscious place it is from a trauma based place it is from an unhealthy place it is from a disney princess movie like it's not real life and it's not actually like what happens in relationships and if you've been in a relationship for a while i'm sure you can relate to having issues around communication or setting boundaries speaking your needs not feeling seen not feeling heard not feeling understood and and i'm sure vice versa with your partner And so as we dive into this conversation today, I want you to just sit back and really enjoy the dynamic between Annabelle and I. Annabelle is a psychotherapist um, and she's actually a friend that I met in Tulum um, on the last retreat that I went on um, for business owners. And it was just like, it was a really cool experience to revisit um, this conversation and to talk all about relationships. It's something that I've shared a little bit about the po- on the podcast, but I think I'm actually really feeling called to speak about it way more because it has been just such, such an expanding um, environment for me. And I really feel like it's been where most of my spiritual journey has like happened and unfolded. And Kurt, my fiance, like he has been such a powerful mirror for me to see all the parts of myself that I had been avoiding, to do all the shadow work, to dive into the things that I didn't really want to face. Um, but I had to, right? Because that's what happens in a relationship. Like you're forced to face it or you end up, you know, stuffing that shit down. And I just, I didn't want to do that. I knew from the very beginning of getting into my relationship that. I did not want to settle. Like, I did not want to settle for anything less than I deserved. (laughs) I wanted a man who loved me, who treated me like a queen, right? Who saw me, who held space for me. Um, And as somebody with ADHD, I mean, obviously, I didn't know it at the time because I only have had my ADHD diagnosis now for, I don't know, like, just under a year. But, like, I don't think I realized the type of person I personally need (laughs) in order to feel safe in a relationship and if you can relate to that like if you are adhd or maybe you're super multi-passionate maybe you're not formally diagnosed but if you suspect that you are adhd um i really really highly suggest that you take some notes during this episode because i feel like because the adhd in us like we have so many emotions and so many feelings and we're empaths we're deep feelers like it's so fucking challenging being in any relationship any anyways and so it requires a person on the other side that is available to hold space for all of the emotions and all of the too muchness that is us right that is completely like what we are right and i love that i love having such a um, so many emotions. Like it's a beautiful thing. It truly is. It's, it's one of the biggest gifts I believe that we get. And, um, when we learn how to manage them, when we learn how to channel them, when we learn how to regulate them, we can show up in healthy relationships. So before we dive in, I want to remind you my program, Unstoppable University, is going to be opening in the fall. And we're actually going to be talking about so much of this shit inside the program because 
in order to be in a healthy relationship or in order to call in a healthy relationship, you have to be in a healthy relationship with yourself, right? Or else it's just going to be a bunch of blame and a bunch of projection and a bunch of shit that is not good. So if you are, whether you're in a relationship or not, Um, But you feel like you are like, wow, I really need to deepen in my relationship with myself. I really need to start trusting myself. I need to start owning my voice and speaking my truth and (laughs) sharing and identifying what my needs even are. Unstoppable University is going to help you do that. It's the framework for for exactly what I have done to unlock my voice and my power, really to step into my power, to really start trusting myself, um, to speak up, to not be afraid to share what's going on in thinking that, oh my gosh, if I share this, it's going to hurt somebody else, right? And as such an empathic being, as such an ADHD, like, I have so many thoughts, I have so many feelings, like, I get you, I get it, and... I want to create a safe environment for you to do this work. It is a beautiful experience. I am literally beyond the moon excited. If you can't tell, you can probably tell it in my energy because like I've been working on this program now for probably two years. We had two live rounds of it um, last year and it was freaking amazing. Um, And so I realized like, oh my gosh, like I actually want to create structure for this course because that's how we learn best as ADHDers. Like that is actually how we operate is we kind of need like a clear rule book, like, okay, A, then B, then C, then D. (laughs) And so that is really why it's actually kind of taken me so freaking long to lay out this course and the program and all the things is because there's just so much thought and intention around how do we actually learn as neurodivergent people. So that being said, if you want to get on the waitlist, um, you are going to get my waitlist only discount, which who doesn't love a discount? Let's be real. Um, you can go to the uh, show notes of this episode and you can click the little link or you can head over to my website, www.balancewithsam.com slash you, you waitlist, like the letter U. Um, and you are going to feel so fucking incredible after this program the testimonials tell it all like don't just take my word for it you can go on the site once it's live you can read all the things you can listen to you can watch the women that have transformed that have stepped into her power that are just no longer settling they're fucking going for it um so i am so excited for you to be on this wait list to have this experience and oh yeah i just want to squeeze you okay so without further ado let's dive into the episode and i cannot wait to hear what you think Hey queen, welcome to the Sam Altieri Show. This is your host, Sam, and here we are all about self-growth, confidence, and becoming your most authentic and unstoppable self. Maybe you're like me and have ADHD, or maybe you're just super multi-passionate, but either way, you are driven, determined, and you know you are destined for more. So grab your headphones, get outside, and press play for a combo of tough love, personal stories, and practical tips to help you take messy action towards a life that lights you up. It's time to create some magic. Just really excited to be here with you and jam all about relationships and awesome. all of that. Yeah, Where are you coming I'm from so, right now? I'm in Los Angeles right now, so it's about it's just ten o'clock in the morning, and yeah, I'm super excited to be on here with you, Sam. And I was just watching your stories before, hearing that you've been doing a lot of learning about your relationship and how powerful that is um, to kind of come through some of those those areas of healing. And, and I'm so excited to talk about that with you all today. Yeah, I am too. I feel like it's so interesting in my work and even just in sharing what I share on the internet, the one place that I don't share that much about is my relationship. And I think because it is such a vulnerable space to share from and like my partner is like not on Instagram that much, like he's not in this space. And so I think for me, I've really been feeling out like, does this feel safe to share? Does this like, what is good? Like, what is my boundary around this? I'm still figuring that out, but I'm realizing like, how many lessons I've learned through my relationship and how much I've transformed just being in partnership with someone, living with someone and now living with someone in a van. (laughs) (laughs) Right. It's kind of like you got no choice there. You kind of have to, you have, you've gone on a fast track to 
communication and, and vulnerability. That's the thing I find about relationships is that they offer this amazing opportunity to discover how to be vulnerable and make a reach and ask for your needs. And that is something, right? That is so hard to do. Yeah. Yeah. And I think especially as women, at least like the majority of the work I do with women is about helping them reactivate their voice, like finding their voice, like connecting back to their sexuality, their confidence, like, and when you're not in a relationship, this can show up in like your workplace or with friends or with family or whatever. But I think in a relationship, it's specifically so much more powerful when you are able to express your needs because like I know at a certain point and I'm not sure if I'm sure you've had clients or even yourself had experiences like this. I felt um, like I felt this feeling of feeling alone in my relationship. And I was like, Oh my God, this feels awful. But what I didn't realize is like, Oh, like where can I take ownership of that? Like, where have I not expressed my needs or where have mm -hmm. I pretended like everything is fine? Cause I used to totally be that person, you know, that was yeah. just like, Oh, it's fine. It's fine. And just shove it under the rug and just like suppress it. Or like if comments were made that really triggered me, like I would just not allow myself to feel them and like set a boundary. And so I think my relationship with Kurt and I think going through this healing journey, it's been arguably, I mean, nothing else has come even close. Um, and so that's why like, I'm so excited to have to chat with you and like, even just hear more about kind of the common things that women especially experience yeah. in relationship because mm -hmm. I know my experience and what I've gone through. Um, but mm -hmm. yeah, I'm curious to hear what that looks like when okay. women come to you and- um, I mean, yeah. yeah. I yeah. can relate to that on a very personal level too. You know, I, I don't come from a family where we really talk about our feelings, right? In my family system, it was more like, oh, there's feelings, let's like sweep it under the rug. And instead we're more likely to be like a bit more passive aggressive about it. Like that was yeah. the kind of communication that I was used to. Same. Yeah, so it wasn't really being modeled, right? It's like having feelings, honoring your feelings and then ask, you know, talking about them and then asking for your needs. That just wasn't like my, mod my modeling. Yeah. And where are we taught to do that? Like nowhere, really. Nowhere. Like where are we supposed to learn this stuff? I know. It's actually fucking crazy that I, like, I always say like, it's like we learned the wrong shit in school, you know? It's yes. like, do we actually use algebra two right now? Right. No. Like right. we need to fucking learn like emotional regulation, like emotional intelligence, like basically everything to do with emotions because we are emotional beings and yeah. put two humans in a room like they're going to shit's gonna happen you know? yeah exactly like before we need any other tools we need to know how to communicate you know whatever topic subject we're learning we still need to know how to communicate and we're just not taught it it drives me mad really especially when yeah. i know how simple it can be and also yeah. the earlier you learn it the better because it becomes just normal Totally. So, you know, so I, I just, I literally, I just didn't even know what my feelings were until I started doing my own healing work and my own therapy. I remember when my, my first therapist asked me how I felt about something. Mm -hmm. I said, oh, well, you know, I think this and I think that. And she goes, well, that's what you think, but what do you feel? <laughs> and I literally was like, feel. <laughs> I mean, I yeah. just, I didn't like, know what she was talking. I couldn't locate a feeling. I didn't, you know, I just, it just wasn't like there yeah. for me. And she, she had to educate me on that. And yeah. I was really grateful to her. I wrote to her years later and, and thanked her for that. <laughs> she really yeah. taught me how to feel. But yeah. then, you know, so then there's how you feel, but then there's, can you talk about it with your partner? And that's vulnerable. Right. Yeah. There's like, I think, for me and and I'll just share from like my experience because that's what I know the best right but I think getting into the relationship I did with Kurt we were both very like intentional I guess or at least like I I wanted to date to marry like I personally was never like dating guy to guy I just wasn't I don't know like it just wasn't how I experienced dating. Um, I was like, if I don't want to marry you, then you're not the person for me, you know? So I think, like, I remember saying to Kurt when we first got into our relationship, I was like, look, like, the number one thing 
that is so important to me is like honesty. Like we have to be able to be honest with each other, even if it's painful, because I don't want to play games and I want to have a deep lasting connection. And he felt the same way. And I think that as you go through a relationship, if you don't have that level of like safety and trust in the relationship, then it doesn't, no matter what you say and no matter what you do, it's going to just go over either your head or their head or in one ear, out the other, because there's not the baseline, you know? And like, I think without that trust, without trusting in yourself, without trusting in the person, it's like, that is so important and fundamental to a relationship. So I don't know what your experience has been around like safety and feeling like safe enough to share your feelings, safe, uh, safe enough to express what's going on. But I, I've been fortunate enough to never have not felt safe enough to share where I'm at. Like Kurt is a really good space holder, which I'm very, very grateful for. And I'm actually learning how to be a space holder instead of a fixer, which yeah. is interesting. Can I ask you a question? Like, so did you know that you were looking for that when you got into this relationship? Did you know you were looking for safety in that communication? No, no. I was looking for somebody to travel the world with, honestly. That was like, my thing is like, I want someone that loves me and I want to adventure with someone. Mm -hmm. But I had no, I had no expectations and no real, no, other than that, like, I knew the type of person I wanted to be with. Um, but that was about it. I knew how I wanted to, him to make me feel, and that was about it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that sounds wonderful because it sounds like you, you know, he also came with that ability to hold space, which is amazing. I think in my past relationships, like, you know, back in the day, I certainly didn't know what I was looking for in terms yeah. of, like, I didn't know what qualities were necessary for a relationship to feel good. I, you know, this idea of safety was just not even on the radar for me. And yeah. so I would pick relationships where they would meet other needs, but not the emotional ones. Because yeah. it, it wasn't something I knew to, to look for. Um, whereas I think when you do know what, what it is you need, then you're much more likely to be attracted to somebody who can meet those needs. And even better if you're like upfront about them. Totally. Um, yeah. yeah. And I think like we're, I don't know, at least I, I, I can probably say this for you too and let me know, but... I feel like I am such a highly sensitive person um, and as an empath and as somebody with ADHD, like that is a recipe for so many fucking feelings and emotions and like emotional really highs and emotional really lows. Like we're talking like straight up depression to like straight up bliss that could happen in the span of 10 minutes. Right. And it kind of feels like what the heck is wrong with me? Right. There, there can be so many feelings. And um, I think that, a lot of men, at least in my understanding from a lot of my clients, they're, they're men that they've shared with me like, yeah, like he just doesn't know how to just be there for me. Like he wants it to go away. He wants it to stop or he wants to know how he can solve it or whatever. Right. And I feel like the, the best thing I ever did was tell Kurt, look, I am a very emotional person. Like I just straight up owned it. I was like, I cry a lot. I get angry a lot. I get blah, blah, blah. Like I was just like going through the experience of all of my feelings. And I'm like, there's, it doesn't mean anything and you don't need to do anything. All I need, this is what I need from you. Mm -hmm. And I literally said it. I was like, I need you to put your hand on my shoulder and say, how can I support you? Yes. That is what I need. I do I not need that. you to solve my shit. And I think that's something that a lot of women are scared to do or say in the relationship because they actually don't even know what they need. Right. Right. But realizing you don't need somebody to fix you to make your sadness go away or to be like it's fine we're gonna fix blah, blah, blah. it's like no you just need someone to literally be next to you while you're bawling your eyes out and you don't have a solution to whatever is making you sad just having their presence is so fucking powerful That's so true oh my god you're hitting all the all the the, the markers there sam when you describe that because you're you know, you're asking for what you knowing what you need, and then you're asking for it very clearly, and you're making it very it much more simple for him to meet your needs, mm -hmm. right? And this is what happens when I work with couples a lot. And I'm, you know, let's say I'm walking them through a, a communication exercise. And so often, if it's a heterosexual relationship that the male partner 
will, as you know, as, as she's talking and sharing about her feelings, the male partner will want to overwork, like mm -hmm. complicate it more, try <laughs> to fix it. Or, you know, if I ask them to like repeat back, what did she just say? It's, it's what she said, plus like 50% <laughs> extra, you know, and I, I just have to do a timeout and say, listen, you don't have to work this hard. Yeah. Less is more. I, all yeah. you have to do is listen and yeah. mirror and reflect and just be empathic and comforting with your presence. Like, what would it be like to think that your presence is enough? Mm. Yeah, that's such a powerful question. Like, and I think I'm curious, like, I wonder if this, if you see this a lot too, but I know for me, um, and a lot of my clients too, I think that I remember going through this and sharing like what my needs were in the relationship. I felt like, oh my God, I have too many needs. Like I'm so needy, right? And I think being so needy and being so emotional are two things that we get taught, especially as little girls, yeah. right? And then we bring that into adulthood and then we don't fucking speak at all because we've been silenced and told you're fine, like stop crying, it's, you know? And I think I've really, I've done a lot of work to unlearn that, but I still notice that feeling coming up when I shared that with him, like, Hey, like literally this happened yesterday. It was like, Hey, I don't want to talk about it. I just need you to be with me. Yes. And like, I'm now more, way more comfortable with saying that. But I remember the first time I ever explicitly told Kurt what I needed. I was just like, Oh my God. Like, why do I have so many needs? Like I started judging myself for having yeah. needs yeah. when I realized, no, it's just that so many women don't talk about their fucking needs and they're miserable. And then they eat themselves into a, a binge fest at 10 PM because they're not happy in the relationship. Yes, totally. I can, I can so relate to all of that. Like, it's kind of like, you know, if you've been told your whole, whole life that your needs are too much, then that is what you tell yourself. Right. Right. And I think the first step is it, it has to be kind of getting right with your own needs and saying like, no, my needs are legitimate. I think yeah. so much we second guess ourselves. Like, is yeah. this too much? I've always been told I'm too much. But, you know, it's like sort of tapping into that inner voice that says, no, this is a legitimate need. Like, I'm a human being. I'm yeah. wired for connection. I'm wired for security in my partnership. And so if I have a need around that, then it's legitimate. If my partner doesn't want to meet that, then we have to talk about, is this the right fit? But, you know, it, it's, it's okay to have needs. Like, we are supposed to have them. Yeah. And, you know, something I do work a lot on, and I'd love to kind of share some of this with you in a little bit, is, is how to actually speak the need out in a way mm. that is going to get the best, the best um, reception possible. Because there's a way to say the need in a way that's, like, blaming yeah. the other person and there's yeah. a way to say it in a way that's like invites their empathy and their willingness to help you with that need yeah yeah I let's let's totally jam on that I'll say yeah. somebody DM me I asked um I pulled mm. my audience and I was like hey what questions do you guys have and one of them that came up was um she shared that her husband or partner was like un would no problem giving the dog love but yeah. like when it came to her, yeah. she felt like not heard. Right. And so I asked her to elaborate a little bit and we chatted mm -hmm. in the DMs right before this. And she was like, it's really interesting because like, you know, we have a lot of, there's a lot of chemistry and like, you know, he does, he does all these acts of service. He does all these mm -hmm. things for me. But when it comes to things like sex, like, I feel mm -hmm. like it's not depth and like in in all these other situations like I feel like he's not really emotionally there and so maybe we can speak to it from that lens to address yeah. that question of like what happens when you as a woman who we are such like highly sensitive beings and also we feel a lot I mean we're all feelers right but it's like when we feel like our man, let's just use a hetero, um, hetero relationship, like when we feel like our man can't meet us or like doesn't get it or like there's this lack of depth and she shared like this feeling of aloneness, like how can we uh, tell our partner what we actually need without being like, you don't do this, you don't do that, you don't do this, I need that, you know? Right, because right, what does that do? when we share that, share it that way. I mean, I've totally done that to Kurt and he's like, who do you think you are? And I'm like, 
okay, I'm sorry. Like, and I'm like, let me <laughs> back. Like, let me own my shit and let me yeah. say from an empowered place, not yeah. like this victim-y place. Yeah. So, so great. So that, that you sounds like for you guys, the conversation stays open and you can course correct and like get, get on back on track. But in so many relationships, it's, it can be this dynamic where one partner, um, let's say it's a female partner, you know, has more needs, but doesn't necessarily know how to ask for them in a way that invites, like I said, that empathy or the desire of the partner to help. And what happens in the male partner is they start to shut down. Yeah. Right. They start to shut down. They start to withdraw. And this kind of like wall goes up and it is like, you can feel it. It's, it's the freeze. It's the distancing. Yeah. And it is the perfect recipe for that. You know, as that partner starts to distance, the female partner will start to get more and more anxious, right? Yeah. Like yeah. the more I express my needs, the further my partner goes away. Yeah. Like that is, that is uh, on a kind of attachment level that can really instigate like primal panic in the attachment yeah. system. It's like terrifying. Like, wait, the more I ask, the worse it gets. Like this is crazy. Right. Right. It's almost like the woman's like, oh my God, I'm too much. Like it's furthering her belief. And then the man who's probably already feeling like, see, look, I'm not enough for you. I can't do enough. It's furthering his belief of I'll never be enough for all of your needs. It's like this, it's like these two tricks are literally ping pong. That's right. The inner, the inner voices, you know, exactly how you described it. Like you completely nailed it. You know, for him, he's like thinking nothing I will ever do will ever please you. So yes. I'm going to stop trying, I'm going to shut down, and I'm probably going to find my, um, get my needs met through other avenues, like petting on, loving on the dog. Yeah. Right? Or like working more, or seeing my friends, or, okay, this dog situation is a safe place where yes. I can give and receive love and not get judged and all of this. And, you know, this, the poor lady that you were talking about is, you know, I can imagine just feeling so distraught by, by seeing this unfold. Right. So, so really, how do we kind of like dissolve that dynamic? That's, we call that like, it's a, it's a negative cycle of interaction. That's just super painful for everybody. Yeah. Not just for her, for him too. Right. Cause he's sitting over there feeling completely inadequate. Right. I'm sure. He wants love and intimacy with his partner as well. He just doesn't know what to do about it either. Yeah. Totally. And I think when this has happened in my relationship with Kurt, when we uncover it, we both want the same thing and we're both feeling the same thing, which is so crazy to me because in that moment, in the tension, it feels like, oh God, he'll never get it. Right. And he's like feeling the exact same way. And we are just literally mirroring each other. And I think when for me, the biggest like light bulb moment came after realizing that and after realizing like, Sam, this person loves you. Mm-hmm. He needs to learn also how to love you in a way that feels good. And you need to see him too, you know, mm-hmm. like, yeah. And, and I think that we, especially if we grow up with like a good amount of trauma. Um, I know I grew up with a lot of uh, trauma with my dad. Like there was a lot of stuff to unpack there and a lot of stuff to heal that. And that can just show up in a relationship again, right? If like my dad was pretty emotionally unstable slash unavailable, I can, I would just, I was just projecting that onto Kurt all the time. I'm like, you're not even here, blah, 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 blah. You know, like I, I just like, oh, he doesn't actually love me. Even though we've been together for three and a half years and we're engaged, blah, blah, blah. And like, he does all these things and we're living this great life. Deep down, I'm like, he doesn't really fully love me. But that was perpetuating my actions, you know, because I'm like, he doesn't fully yeah. love me. And so I had to, I told him that. And I'm like, I don't think you actually fully like love me, which is a really hard conversation to have, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and he felt the same way, which was <laughs> crazy. And I was like, oh my so God. Right. And then we realized, okay, well, I do love you and you do love me. So can we, yes. we need to like rewrite that belief so that we're not thinking all these little baby actions are a result of you not loving me. It's just, The story we tell ourselves is like the most powerful thing here. And like when our partner does something and then we receive it and we start telling ourselves a story, then we, then we react in a way that, you know, usually makes that story come true. It's like, you know, typical, it kind of like the thing we fear most is the thing 
you know, that ends up happening. And I love that you're having these vulnerable conversations with him because this is like the whole thing that we need to get to in, in relationships is that we, we stop just operating on the surface level of like, you know, blaming or you never take out the trash and why do you always leave the room messy? It's like, if we, if we like dive, you know, deeper than that and understand what is this, what is the story I tell myself when you don't take out the trash? What is the story I tell myself when the room's messy and, and how is that related to my past, my trauma? What is it that I'm bringing here? If yeah. we can have those conversations at that level, then our partner can understand us and, and actually want to show up for us. Totally. I mean, I think for me personally, I was doing a little like journaling on this before because I was like, hmm, like, what do I, like, I want to share in, ha in this conversation with you? And I think the biggest, the thing that's helped our relationship the most is taking responsibility for my shit, you know? Um, because I am so, like, I was, I should say was, I was so quick to blame and be victim. Like, why do you do that? Or you always do that. It was always him. It was always his fault, his stuff, his things. And I was like, wow, like, Sam, look in the mirror. Like, yes. can you let your ego down? And fucking, when you point at someone, you know that thing? It's like when you point at someone, like, there's three fingers pointing back yes. at you. It's like... I'm like, man, I blamed him for so much stuff. And it was my responsibility to manage whatever's happening in here. And I think like going from this little princess, basically, that needed to be saved, right, to like an empowered fucking woman in a relationship who's like, okay, that's his shit. This is my shit. Like, and being able to see, see that and not blame him and just take responsibility. I feel like that is that's huge one of the biggest things in a relationship I think it, honestly i think it's the, actually the biggest in my opinion i think it's the biggest thing yeah because i tell you why i think that like when when we take responsibility for our stuff we and then we communicate from that place we also care we're showing our partner that we care about their experience too that we care about how this lands on them yeah right when we just come with like blame and and point the finger at them we're not being a safe partner. Yeah. Right. We're coming with, with, with something that's going to really trigger and activate their nervous system and their attachment system. So, you know, when it's all about me and I'm the victim and I have the needs and I'm like going to, you know, put that onto you, I don't care really about how you feel or how you're receiving it. Right. And how's that going to come off in a partnership? Not so well. Yeah. And so it's this thing of like, if I want, safety for my partner if I want to be able to open up to my partner and I want to be heard like how am I doing with that am I showing up safely am I taking responsibility like you said am I you know when I when I name my need for me it's always about like I'm I'm going to name my need but I'm going to do it in a way that takes into account my partner's experience and mm. their triggers and yeah because I know and love my partner, I'm going to do this in a way that serves me by stating my need, but also tells them that I care about them as I'm saying it. Totally. That's big. It's huge. And, and I think that also requires a level of like, like each person has to have some level of like self-awareness and be able to share openly what, ha what has happened to them, how they grew up, like yeah. what's the relationship like with their mom or with their dad so that you can start to see oh this is just triggering his inner child right like exactly. this is just oh look like he has this relationship with his mom okay i can start to see how maybe he would do this like you can start to have like empathy and compassion yes. and not take it so fucking personally and that exactly. for me i had to really like understand kurt's stuff so that i could be like oh okay that's not him trying to do X, Y, and Z. Yeah. That's his stuff. I don't need to take it personally. He loves me. He's not trying to hurt me. Like, you know? Yes. And then from there, we could actually have like a productive conversation because it wasn't right. just us trauma, like looping. <laughs> but yeah, you're, you're, you're really talking about what it takes to be in a conscious relationship. Like this is yeah. it, right? It's about being conscious of your stuff 
conscious of your partner stuff and curious enough, by the way, to even find out about what that is and have that conversation. And being yeah. con when you're conscious of each other's stuff and what you bring, you can then really take that into account when you're communicating, right? It's like, okay, if I know that my partner had a very critical parent and, you know, is on, on high alert for feeling like he's doing something wrong, then I've got to say this in a way that lets him know I'm, I'm thinking about that, yeah. but doesn't like, because what I might do is say, oh, he's going to feel criticized. Let me stuff this down. Mm, yeah. Right. Let me not, I don't want to like, you know, stir the pot. Like, oh, I'll just, I can just, it's fine. It's fine. I'll just stuff it down and deal. Yeah. But of course that builds and builds and then resentment and then it will come out in some kind of either passive aggressive way or like an explosion later. So instead it's kind of like, all right, so I know my partner is triggered around feeling criticized and I know that I have this need. So I've got these two things happening at the same time. Mm -hmm. And for me, it's really about transparency. It's kind of about approaching that conversation in, a, in like the least blaming way possible. Um, which, you know, which is using an I statement. So this is some I statements, um, yeah. which I'll, I can explain what that is, but it's really talking about my experience here. So instead of blaming and saying, let's, let's just use the example of like messiness, right? Instead of blaming yeah. and saying like, oh my God, you're so messy. Like this room, look at the state of this room. I asked you time and time again. Um, like, do you not care? Like, you don't care about me. You don't care about what I think, you know, instead of that. Yeah. Which as we, as we all know, doesn't sound great, but has definitely been known to come out of my mouth a million times. And I'm sure everyone can relate to that. Um, oh, instead of that, I may, if I was using an I statement that talks about me and is less threatening, less blaming, I might say something like, you know, look, um, I, I have a need here that, and I know that you're sensitive to feeling criticized, but I do have this need. So if you're open to hearing it, I'd love to share with you my experience when I walk into a room that doesn't feel tidy. Like I start to feel anxious when yeah. things aren't tidy. Mm -hmm. And when I'm anxious, then I notice I get, I get kind of cranky and a little bit blaming. And can you help me with this? Like, I don't want to show up like that in this relationship. Yeah. Can you help me? Right? So. Can you feel that? It's got like a, a different energy to it. It's, it's totally. Yeah. What do you, what do you notice as I was like saying that second example? Well, yeah, I think it's just a softer share, right? It's like, there's no blame. It's just owning what's going on and being like, it's like inviting, it's like inviting the person in to the experience and having compassion and just being like, okay, I'm here with you. Let's figure this, this out together as a team type of thing, yeah. rather than like, I'm over here being anxious because the room's messy while you're sitting on the couch. What are you doing? You know what I mean? It's right. like, it's right. this picking this part. It's like you and then the person. And it's like, no, this happens in the van. It's so funny that you use this example. This happens in the van all the time because trying to keep 80 square feet of space organized all the time is literally impossible. Plus we have a 90 pound dog, right? So there's a lot and there's a lot that, once you move one thing, something else moves. And like, it's, a, it's like a circus act. Right. And I've caught myself totally. in when I'm in, when I'm just not being conscious and I'm just like, Shh, blah, 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 right. I'm like, I'll come into the van. Maybe Kurt will be in there. And I'm like, Oh my God, the van, <laughs> right. There's like shit everywhere. Yeah. There's like dishes and like clothes on the floor. <laughs> and I'm like, and you're playing video games. Like, <laughs> like literally what I'm thinking. And I'm like, <laughs> And I remember the beginning of van life, that was what I would do. I would come in and be like, this, I can't live like this. Like, what are you doing? Like, you're literally watching a thing. Like, come on. Like, and it would be that exact situation that you shared, which is like, you don't care about me. And then I told him, hey, look, I just need clean spaces. I know it's not going to be possible 24 seven because we live in a van and I will be more, you know, accommodating to that. But just letting you know where I'm at. Like, can we just do a better job at keeping on top of the organization in the moment? And he was like, yeah. But like the other times he would be like, like, you know, like, cause then he puts up his wall and it's like, right, it's so right. funny. How just yeah. a few words can completely change the trajectory of a conversation or even 
compounded can just create so much resentment or mm-hmm. even especially for the man like avoidance you know right. like they Right. That's like, right, right? Okay. Withdraw, like criticize, yeah. go away. And what you're saying there, yeah, the, the difference in the few words is you were able to talk about your needs, yeah. right? Yeah. You were able yeah. to talk about why it matters to you so that it's not just like you aren't good enough because you're watching video games and not tidying up, like there's something wrong with you. It's, right. it's like a total switch of like, actually, this is what I need around the band. This is what I need to feel settled. This is, yeah. this is what I need. Can, can you help me with that, right? And he was like, oh, sure, that's fine. He got, he understood what, why you were saying it, like yeah. rather than it being like, there's something wrong with him. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I really feel like, I mean, taking obviously personal responsibility is so huge. And I think just like, man just realizing that you and your partner are on the same team like that just mm-hmm. makes so much of a difference mm-hmm. it's such a simple thing but realizing like you both just want to be loved like you both just want to be seen and heard and understood and it's like if there's stuff for me anyways it's been like anytime I think there's stuff that is pissing me off with Kurt it's always myself it's always me mm-hmm. and I I guess like for everyone watching the replay and even being on here it's like can you look inward? Like, what can you take more responsibility for? Because yeah. ultimately, that's going to be your path to healing and also just being in a fulfilled relationship. Because mm-hmm. I don't want to be in a relationship where there's anger and resentment and pent up stuff. And mm-hmm. like, I- I'm just not available for that. I don't want my relationship yeah. to be a source of stress. I want it to feel safe and loving and require yeah. hard conversations a good amount. And I, I think like women can't be afraid to have those because in fear of what happens in fear, if he leaves me in fear, it's like, right. If right. he can't have a hard conversation with you, then he is not the man for you. Sorry. Yeah. But, like, I mean, that's the bottom line, isn't it? Really? That is yeah. that's the bottom line. It's kind of like, you know, deciding what kind of relationship you want to have and then seeing if your partner's available for that. And if they're not, then really looking at like, is this right for me? But, you yeah. know, I'm, I'm also aware, as we're saying all of this, Sam, that, like, you know, for all those people out there who are in a relationship that's not meeting their needs, but the idea of it ending or moving on to something, like, better is terrifying, right? Our attachment systems are, like, you know, so often would much rather be with somebody than alone, Right. It's, it's like it's like this kind of like safety thing that we run in yeah. our minds of like it's safer together. Screw my needs. You know, being alone feels much more dangerous. Like needs can just like go on the back burner because guess what? I've been putting my needs on the back burner my whole life. What's new? Yeah. 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 You know? yeah. And for that, I would say my response to that would be. And I've asked myself this many times in my relationship and I've told Kurt pretty honestly, like I've shared this with him because I think I've had a super big fear of commitment Mm because I'm like, look, I don't want to settle. I know that I don't want to settle. I think I've been very clear in knowing I need my needs met and I've learned that. And so I've asked myself at many points, does this relationship, am I in this relationship out of fear Like, am I staying here because I'm scared to be alone or have to do this again or start over or abandon ship? Or like, am I in this relationship? Because it's actually like, it feels expansive. It feels like there's so much depth here. And every time it's always been depth, it's never been fear, but I have been in relationships in the past where it was fear. Mm -hmm. And I think like, for me, I'm not afraid of fear. Like, And I think so many people are afraid of fear, which I've been afraid of fear, but I'm no longer afraid of fear because fear is not even real. You know, like fear is just an emotion. And if we like, I personally don't want to ever, I don't want to look back on my life and be like, damn, I wish I blank. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't want to regret anything. That's, that is like the driving value of my life is always like, I don't want to look back and have any regrets. I really don't. And so that has resulted in me making hard decisions. But I think when you have, when you've built up enough self-worth to know, you will be okay. You will be fine. And 
if you desire a relationship with a man that's blah, 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 or a relationship where you feel X, Y, and Z, that is possible. It is out there. And I think so many women settle for relationships that are meh because they're scared that they can't have the relationship they really want. And it's like, no, it's not true. You can have that. It does exist. That man is also looking for you. <laughs> yes, totally. But we have to upgrade our self-love enough to know that, that we're lovable, right? It's like, if we don't really love ourselves um, and have trust and, and confidence in ourselves, then probably we've attracted somebody who treats us the same way, doesn't like treat us in the most loving way, doesn't have trust and confidence in us, because that's how we feel inside anyway. So that's the, they're always a perfect mirror. So, you yes. know, what, what's happening on the inside gets mirrored on the outside. And there's so much amazing work to be done on an individual level, you know, on confidence, self-love, authenticity, all the great things that you talk about. And it's, you know, when, when we can up-level ourselves on the inside, then, what, yeah, we're going to see the people that are attracted to us, the people we're attracted to, changes. Totally. And hopefully that is a conscious partner who wants to do, wants to have the kind of communication with you, wants to meet your needs. And, you know, because they also want their needs to be met too. And it's, it's a, you know, it's this like, cycle of is you can really upward spiral with that when you're each meeting each other's needs and then that's this place from coming from a place of loving and giving and generosity yeah yeah i think i mean it's to i i mean it's why i do the work i do and i'm sure it's why you do the work you do like you do it in, in couples mostly right i work with couples and also women on like the same kind of things that you do. So building that self-love, getting them ready for relationship and all of that. But yeah, couples is like definitely a big passion of mine. Yeah. 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 And I mean, I think there's just nothing more empowering than doing your own work, whether you're, however you identify, it's like, because nothing will beat that, you know, yeah. like whether you're in a relationship or you want to be in one, it's like, I don't know. Something I've always told myself is like, I need to be the partner I want to date, you know? And so that required me to do a lot of healing and like introspection and just facing my shit, you know, mm -hmm. like, which is obviously uncomfortable, but I mean, it's worth it. It's worth going through it because on the other side, and I do feel like I'm on the other side at this point now, um, but still going through it simultaneously. It's mm -hmm. like, damn, look at what is possible, you know? Yeah. Look at as well as possible of like having a man that I just don't have to worry about leaving. Like mm -hmm. I just have no worry or doubt in my mind. Like, like he was way more ready than I was. He was like put a ring on it way before I was. Like I was like, eh, I don't really know. Like, uh, maybe you don't want to date, marry me. You know. Yeah. Um, yes. But yeah. 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 I love that. I, I think it's so, so important to just to focus on yourself as well, because ultimately the only person you can really change the behavior of or control in any way is yourself. I, the other person, you, if we're focusing on what they're doing or not doing, then, you know, it can leave us really disempowered because yeah. we're trying to change someone else's behavior and it's not in our control. And, right. you know, that's like a recipe for codependency that, that is just yeah. not healthy. Yeah. Right? So it's kind of like, all right, so I don't like what's happening over there. Fine. What do I need to, is there, is there anything in myself I can shift or adjust? Like if I want more love and more presence, can I show up in a more loving and present way? Can I give first instead of waiting to receive? Um, like that's one thing or like, okay, you know, my partner isn't like meeting my needs around messiness. Are there things where I'm not meeting my partner's needs? Is there, is there a way that I'm communicating to my partner that their needs don't matter? Can I clean up my side of the street first yeah. before I kind of make a thing out of it? And like, if, I, if I'm keeping my side of the street clean and I know that I'm doing you know, everything that I can and then my partner's still not coming through on these things, okay, like, let's have a conversation about that. Yeah. Right. But it, I think I do think that like what everything that you said is so true about taking responsibility and doing your own work. And that's, you know, if you're doing that, then you're going to inspire your partner to do the same or not. And then that's more information. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
So oh. I love I love this idea of kind of like I statement. So I have if anybody listening wants to get have like a a P, have like a PDF that explains how to speak, how to kind of structure feedback um, to your that. partner in a way, or it doesn't have to be a partner, it can be anybody, but how to structure feedback in a way that's non-blaming, that speaks about like your own experience where you name your feelings and, um, and you ask for what you need, but in a way that is more likely to bring your partner closer to you instead of push them further away. And I think that's kind of like the key yes. pain point that a lot of people go through with asking for their needs. Yeah, I love that. So is that just in your profile? Yeah, the link is in my bio for that. And then I have also um, a free masterclass coming up next Thursday, which is the three keys to how to have a loving and lasting relationship. So if anybody wants to join me for an hour where I kind of like, you know, just go into into like the blueprint for that, for having that kind of relationship and um, all the stages to healthy communication, then join me next Thursday. Awesome. Yeah, you guys definitely go check out Annabelle's profile. If you're not already following her, go give her some love. Um, and yeah, if you, whatever you found like super valuable, pop into our DMs. Um, mine are open. I'm sure yours are open as well. Yeah. Comment if you're watching the replay just do hashtag replay let us know um, what your biggest takeaway was or what resonated for you yeah Um, i love answering questions even if it's like annabelle you know like i i i have this need i don't know how to ask for it like the lady that you were talking about sam around you know the partner that pets the dog instead of you know (laughs) yeah love is not not available um yeah i love helping people kind of like frame frame how to ask for their needs in a way that's non-blaming yeah. so oh, i see that leticia's just joined Hi, Leticia. um so yeah you can dm me anytime and i'm always happy to help you kind of brainstorm like how to reframe these needs in a way that will hopefully get a good response amazing oh this has been awesome i'm so i'm so grateful um for you and this convo and i really hope that this has impacted uh, both men and women to know to not settle for anything less than what you want in a relationship to take responsibility for your shit to feel your feelings to use those i statements <laughs> yes, um, exactly and to all the people joining if you want to know how to like communicate in a way that's non-blaming and more likely to get your needs met then watch the replay there's lots yeah. of great info here on that and um free downloads and uh, link it in my bio for how to do that so Alrighty, I hope that you enjoyed that episode. If you did, you know what to do. Screenshot it and tag me on Instagram. Or if you feel more comfortable, pop me a DM. Let me know what your experience was like listening to this conversation, what it brought up for you. And if you are getting on to the Unstoppable University waitlist, which I am so freaking excited for you to join. I love you so much. Thank you for being here. And I will catch you on next week's episode. Bye.